You know, it was back in the summer of 1982 that Mark Cuban arrived, took a job as a bartender down on Greenville Avenue in a very posh bar, I might add, Elon. And this week, he'll be inducted into the Junior Achievement Dallas Business Hall of Fame. It's been a good ride. Mark Cuban joins us right now. Good to have you with us. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, David. Congratulations. Thank you. It, it, it has, it's been a crazy ride. Hopefully it's just starting. Well, it's been a good ride for us. So, you, I mean, you were working the northern tier, University of Pittsburgh, Indiana. So how would you end up here? Um, I had a bunch of friends, Greg Shipper in particular, that I went to Indiana University with, and he had moved from IU down to the village. And they were living in the hill. They had five guys in a three-bedroom apartment. And they're like, come on down. We need someone else to split more of the rent, but you won't have a bed. And I was like, okay. You know, I wanted to go someplace warm. I was tired of the cold. I had a 1977 Fiat X19 with a hole in the floorboard that guzzled oil. And so I was like, I can't make it to LA. I can't make it to Florida. I'm not going to Chicago. It's too cold. Dallas, here I come. And that's how I decided. <laughs> well, you arrived with the skills, I, I guess, to do most anything. I mean, you, you were an entrepreneur all through college. You, you did all sorts of jobs here. So what are the tools that are needed? You know, it's a great question. Um, you know, the, what gave me confidence, I guess let's start there, is from an early age, starting with Junior Achievement, actually, um, I knew I could sell. And whether I was selling garbage bags door-to-door -door as a 12-year-old, whether I was selling the, the cookie plate trays that we made at Junior Achievement at my company, um, you know, I was always confident in my sales ability. So I knew wherever I went, I could get a job as a salesperson at something and and i'd also worked as a bartender and and getting a job as a bartender or at least a bar back wouldn't be hard so i combined those two and that, that gave me confidence to at least get started one of the best things you did though was appreciate this emerging market for technology and and the internet i mean nobody had ever heard of the internet back then and, and a lot of people didn't realize before audio data broadcast.com you had a very successful company called Micro Solutions. Did you teach no. yourself technology? They didn't teach you that in business school, did they? No, they didn't teach me. You know, I, I took one computer class at Indiana. That was it. Um, and so, yeah, I taught myself everything. And my attitude was that, you know, when there was new technology, and there's always new technology, there were the people who invented it, and then there was everybody else. And I was tied with everybody else. So if I just worked a little bit harder, I could learn more and get a competitive advantage. And that's the way I look at it to this minute. Well, and you still look for it, but I mean, everybody knows you from the, you know, from the Dallas Mavs or, you know, maybe the movie business or whatever, but you look at Mark Cuban companies and it's a whole lot more than Shark Tank. And yeah, you've got one lot. of the most eclectic tastes I've ever seen. What draws you to all these? What do you have? A hundred companies that you invest in? Oh no, 250 give or take. Yeah. And so there, there's a couple different reasons what, where I invest, you know, Shark Tank Company is a little different because you have the benefit of the commercial. You know, it, it, every, millions of people are going to see it when it airs, and then it's going to be repeated, you know, forever and ever and ever. So that changes the calculus some. But, you know, but with Shark Tank Companies, I, I don't always just want to look for the best businesses. I want to look for people that I can support, entrepreneurs that I can support, and turn them into good or great businesses, you know. And so, you know, Shark Tank Companies take more effort, and then the rest, are more geared towards having an impact or changing the game. What can I disrupt? Whether it's healthcare, whether it's cryptocurrencies now with blockchain, whether it's artificial intelligence, computer vision, 
areas that I find interesting that I think are leading the way and changing the game. In some cases, it looks like you're investing in the people, though, as much as their concept. Yeah, sometimes it's the horse, sometimes it's the jockey, you know. And what I try to look at is, you know, where 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 can I add value, and what what is the value that the company has, and what is the value that the entrepreneur has, and you know, can the sum be the can the whole be greater than the sum of the parts? You know, it, it's nice to have you as a homer. I I, so, I was really intrigued by a tweet I saw. I guess it was after Oracle announced they were moving to Austin and everybody was, well, you know, Austin's got Tesla, they got this gigantic Samsung chip factory going in. That's the place. You tweeted, if I got the quote right, moving your business for the Bay Area, Dallas is better, cheaper, and more entertaining and has harder working people than anywhere in Texas. It's true. I mean, it's an absolute fact. Um, you know, Austin's kind of becoming a warmer Silicon Valley and, you know, lower tax Silicon Valley. And that's a good thing for the state of Texas. I, I think it's great. But the reality is Austin's got, you know, an, a vibe that's completely different than Dallas. You know, people in Austin want you to know that they used to be weird. Now they're techie cool. And to me, that's why I always avoided Silicon Valley. I mean, I, I didn't like the people who tried to be techie cool and, you know, just wanted to, you know, try the latest fad and drink the latest, you know, veggie juices and all that. And, and Dallas were real people. You know, we're, we're, we're down to earth. We're the salt of the earth. We like to work. You know, we're entrepreneurial. We're, we've got great energy. We dig in. We take chances. And we don't need to look cool. You know, we, we, there's still that, that tex, deep Texas roots to us that makes hiring people, finding places to, to start a business, a lot less expensive and a lot more effective. Well, and you invest a lot in here. I mean, obviously with Mavs, but you know, you've been a you were a resident of Deep Ellum. I guess it was before it was cool. You know, for your company. Well, we started it. No, do you know the story there? No, tell me. Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you the story then. And so, in the early to mid '80s, it's probably you know because we didn't have any money, so it was like '84. Um, a friend of mine, Jeff Swaney, and I, and Scott Susans, and Dennis Boffman, and some other buddies. We would throw these parties to make money. And so one day we, we'd throw them in our apartment because our apartment was a dump, so it didn't matter, right? And, and then we decided we needed to get bigger. And so we're looking all around, and we initially found this old Chinese restaurant at Meadow and Greenville, and we were going to do it there. Then all of a sudden, my buddy Jeff says, oh, no, you got to check this place out. It's this old Clearview um, blind flat factory or something, and it's closed, but all they do is use it to store Chuck E. Cheese characters. And we can get it for $400 for a month. And we're going to throw a party there called Life in a Warehouse. And I'm like, cool, let's do it. And so we literally had to print out business cards because when we were promoting these parties, we would hand out, we would print out 1,000 um, business cards and we'd hand 99% of them out to women, right? Knowing if the women were going to get up to the party. But on the back of the business card, we had to put directions because it was on Elm Street and nobody went down to Elm Street. There was nothing down there. I have pictures looking down Elm Street where there's nothing. And um, we would, we got those big skylights, you know, so people could see where it was at. And we threw one party, then another, then that place turned into Club Clearview, which that in the video bar kind of led the renaissance of Deep Ellum and turned it into a, an entertainment destination. It, and so it, it was crazy. And, it, and, and that's where it's coincidentally, that's where, so that's why broadcast.com or audio net was down there. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's actually a building down there where we had our first office that I bought for ninety nine thousand dollars in the mid nineties, like nineteen ninety, no, nineteen ninety two, I think. 
And my goal was to, um, it wasn't that big, but it was big enough for one half of it that I was going to put in a basketball court and the, a half basketball court. <laughs> and the other half, I was going to turn it into a bachelor pad with a patio um, on the top of the building. And then right, that's right when we started AudioNet, and, and I ended up using it for that. But I had my buddies, um, Glenn, paint a mural on the side of the building that kind of had my life story on it just because I wanted all my friends to see themselves in this mural, right? And it's still down there, and nobody to this day knows it's me. No kid. Well, I, I, I now I got to go back down there. I plus I want to see where this new enterprise. You're putting a drug cost plus drug company in down there, yeah, right down the street from there. Yep. No, tell me about that. How do you get into the pharmacy? You know, you say you're putting a drug company in Deep Ellum. Everybody's going to think something different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, not that kind of drug company. Um, the this so when you look at I've been doing a lot with healthcare over the last four years, and it's just crazy. Um, the way that the incumbent big companies have manipulated the system to their advantage and to the disadvantage of every one of us who need any form of health care whatsoever. Excuse me. And so when I looked at the generic drug business um, and the way that they use the, the, pharma- the PBMs, the pharmacy benefit managers, to their advantage and, and just really just rip people off, I um, got in touch or somebody actually got in touch with me, uh, my, my partner, Alex, and um, he said, look, I want to build this compounding pharmacy in Denver. And I'm like, no, that's too small. Why don't you come to Dallas and we'll make it a lot bigger where we'll actually manufacture generic drugs. And he's like, that's a great idea. And so we started off by um, finding places around the world where we could buy drugs and they're manufactured you know, at high quality and we confirm that. We started with a drug called albendazole and we sell it at our cost plus 15% no matter what. And we bought you know, thousands of doses and albendazole is for hookworm and various parasites and believe it or not, in West Texas and in Alabama, there's still a lot of people who have to deal with these things and there's um, epidemics there. And so we've given out like 10,000 doses and we're selling the rest and we're building this place um, in Deep Ellum so that we can build more and more injectable drugs and we're gonna use robotics so that we'll make two or three years worth of supply and then we'll roll it over to another drug, make another drugs two or three years worth of supply, of supply in a couple of weeks. Then we'll just keep on rolling it over and we'll sell everything at cost plus 15%. And the whole goal is just to upend the whole generic um, drug industry. I, you know, I've, I've known you for over two decades and I just can't wait till the next day to see what you're up to. Let me ask you one, one last question. So, so you're a, you're a dad, you've got, you know, school age kids. What, what do you, what do you, what do you want them to do? What skills are you giving them? What would you like them to accomplish? I, mean, I just want them to be themselves. I don't, I don't I haven't set a course. Like I tell my girls, you know, I try to push them into math and science. I tell them, you know, girl, women who know math and science dominate the world, right? Yeah. You know, that they own the world. And so, you know, I've, they've done well there, but, you know, my girls are now 14, about to turn 15 and 17, and they're their own people now, right? My oldest is trying to figure out where she wants to go to college, what she wants to take, but I'm not pushing them into one area. The only, you know, I want them to be excited about learning, whatever it is. You know, I didn't know what I, I knew I wanted to be in business, but I had no idea what. You know, I changed majors five times, all business related, but I bounced from accounting to all these different things. 
And my son's into business, right? He wants to trade stocks. He wants to build, you know, a Bitcoin mining rig and this and that. And so he's, he's geeky like I am. Um, but, you know, my daughters and all my kids, as long as they're not entitled jerks, I'm happy. You know, as long as they're doing what makes them happy and, and they're doing it for themselves, then I'm a happy parent. Good. I, I, great. A perfect answer and exactly the way it ought to be. Well, I'll, look, I'll let you get back to your outlook. I can't believe you got to have a, like a half a dozen people keeping your calendar. Not just one, you know, just me and, and one assistant. That's it. <laughs> well, look, again, congratulations on going into the Junior Achievement Dallas Business Hall of Fame. It is certainly well-deserved. Thanks, David. And to all, you know, parents with kids, you know, my kids weren't into Junior Achievement despite my efforts <laughs> to get them there. But, um, you know, if, if you're looking at a way for your kids to learn more about business, Junior Achievement is a great opportunity for any kid. I mean, I think we, we – underutilize um, financial education and business education in kids. I dropped out of high school because my high school would not let me take business classes when I was a junior in high school, you know, and it, it hasn't changed all that much since way back then. You know, we need to do a better job of educating kids about credit cards and bank accounts and um, business and starting a business and running a business. So we have more entrepreneurs. It's such a, you know, a valued skill set. Um, that I think Junior Achievement deserves a ton of credit for my success. And, you know, if anybody out there has, you know, has kids that really are into business, Junior Achievement's a great place to be. Absolutely perfect. Again, congratulations and thanks for the time. Mark Cuban, the latest laureate in the Junior Achievement Dallas Business Hall of Fame. For more of our conversation with Mr. Cuban, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.